Hola, soy Oscar Isaac. Aquí tienen un avance exclusivo de mi próxima película Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah. En cines el 18 de diciembre. Red Squad, Blue Squad, take my lead. I'm on it. Llegamos a ti, a ti. El 18 de diciembre. You're sure you're up for this? Una nueva aventura. Show the dark side. Comienza. All right, let's light it up. Star Wars The Force Awakens Clasificada PG-13 Ladies and gentlemen For the first time Here on the Star Wars Tonight podcast We can say officially The movie comes out next week. I cannot wait. Uh, and also, I just finished uh, a Star Wars book that I should have finished a year ago. Uh, and we're going to talk all about it on this episode of Star Wars Tonight. Let's get started right now. Falcon flight with destiny Man, it's freaking Oscar Isaac flying around in next wing It's, uh, man, I, uh, it keeps happening. I keep getting more excited about this movie. Uh, is it a problem? Maybe. Let me ask my good buddy and yours, Mr. Justin Robert Young. Oh. What's up, Justin? Oh, man. Next week. Next week. Uh, I, I got to say, man, I, I'm now in the point where, like, just things happening in my life are either, like, I'm feeling like they're either good or bad omens about the movie. <laughs> There's nothing neutral that's, like, pushing you one direction or the other? Well, we're, uh, we're getting to the point where I just don't know whether or not I, I want to contemplate the idea that this movie is anything other than good. <laughs> that's, that's so true. I mean, if you ask Harrison Ford, uh, a renowned Star Wars uh, critic, uh, and if you ask Steven Spielberg, I mean, we have some good endorsements, sir. Well, well, Spielberg said it was going to be the biggest movie ever. Right? He did. Well, that's true. And I think in another interview, although it's kind of... The quoting is – it depends on, on what it is because it's um, – I'm trying to think here. It was, it was kind of – I think it was a translation of some sort that uh, yeah. was establishing some confusion. But I think the universal thought is people are liking it. Even George Lucas, who's well, now I, seen it and says he likes it. Yes. 
And also, I think that that would prevent Steven Spielberg from being like, oh, my God, this is so much better than every other Star Wars movie. Right. Because he doesn't want to crap on his friend like George Lucas is one of his dudes. So, like, you know, and also I think we can all wrap our head around the idea of something that people who have probably known George Lucas for a very, very long time already are well aware of, which is that George Lucas is a bit of a sensitive gentleman. It is. Right. He is. He is. And I think a lot more so than he would let on, because I think there's a long time, uh, which you can read about in How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, more on that in a moment, uh, where he just kind of avoided the internet. He just decided to live in the 1980s world until like 2007. Um, yeah. Which, which is a whole other thing of itself. And we're going to talk about that in just a second, but I want to give a quick shout out uh, as we wrap up uh, last week's sponsor... Uh, on the program here, Waze, uh, they're doing something really cool for you guys. Um, they're doing a giveaway. So we're going to cap off the anticipation and uh, the sponsorship that they've been doing with us uh, here with a special giveaway for you guys. Now, we already arranged to do it on the Twitter. Like, that's where the big mass audience is in terms of Star Wars Report stuff. But I wanted to do some, something special for you guys. And, and by you guys, I mean you watching live and in the chat right now. Uh, shoot me an email. It's going to be starwarstonight at gmail.com. And you're going to get one of several really cool prizes for the first few folks who, uh, who uh, give us an email. The grand prize being a $30 gift card uh, to Fandango so that you can get you and your friends in theaters to see The Force Awakens. So uh, just shoot me an oh, email and yeah. do a special giveaway. Because I'm doing the big Twitter giveaway, but I've also saved one just for you who are watching live. If you're listening to the podcast version or watching this on YouTube or something, too late. Too late, Sinner. <laughs> but uh, but we appreciate Waze for partnering uh, with us, and it's uh, again. If you want to uh, check out the the GPS app, you can go to starwarsreport.com slash Waze GPS and uh, check out C three PO as your co pilot of choice. Police reported ahead. It's all your fault. <laughs> That's my favorite thing ever. But let's talk about it, man. Um, I mentioned it last week, and promptly within an hour of getting off of uh, Skype with you, sir. I yeah. listened to, in the span of a week, the span of the what we call dead week here in uh, Georgia State University, when you're supposed to be studying for finals, all 25 hours of the audiobook yeah. to How Star Wars Conquered the Universe by Chris Taylor. Uh, I recently yeah. chronicled my personal sins of having the actual author himself hand me an autographed copy and still having not read it some six months later. And what did you do? You spit right in his face, I, didn't I, you? I'm telling you, man, but there, there's but repentance, and I, and I have done so, yeah. uh, and I will tell him so when we get him on the show very soon. Uh, but uh, it's amazing, man. It's, it's, it's everything it lives up to, and I just wanted to touch base on it because I know uh, you're a big fan of it. Uh, uh, <laughs> fun fact, uh, Justin, I go to Amazon to look it up. I actually ordered a couple copies yeah. for Christmas presents, and I see this, this novella of a review. A glowing review. And I'm like, wait a second. That's that's the one and only Andrew Maine. Uh a very excellent yeah. review. Uh but so you when did you first read this book? Ooh, ooh, probably about a year ago, okay. something like that. I mean, uh, uh, uh before we had him on on the Weird Things podcast for the first time, I I read it and it was uh yeah, look at this. A Maine, a wonderful in-depth look at the Star Wars phenomenon, its creators and fans. Uh so, I mean, I read it about a year ago. I have uh, I read probably primarily nonfiction. I don't read a ton of fiction. Yeah, um, same for so me. I, I, have, I, I have very particular thoughts about nonfiction uh, and, and specifically when it comes to – there's like 
small story nonfiction in which you probably don't know the story and there is a tale being unfolded for you for which you could probably skip to the end and just look up the Wikipedia. But if you want to go on their journey, you can. And then there's big picture nonfiction, like the office of the presidency or star Wars, you know, stuff like that in which very often the choices that authors make in terms of deciding what's important to cover and what's not important to cover and any broad themes that kind of uh, are, are weaved into it tend to be where things fall apart for me. And and what I loved about what, how Star Wars conquered the universe is that it is very much a – if there is an ongoing thread, it is George Lucas's relationship with his greatest creation and yes. how – you know, it's humble beginnings, how much it really uh, came apart or came to be because. And if, if, if there's a big thing, you know, the big story in How Star Wars Conquered the Universe is George Lucas's collaborations and how they've evolved over the years. Star yes. Wars, the, the, the original trilogy is what it is because of who he worked with and because of the relationship that he had with the people that he trusted the most to make this from – the brilliant seed of an idea that he had to the big, beautiful flower for which is its own genre of filmmaking at this point. Absolutely. And what As, he, he does is he has such a concise and, and excellent narrative to it that yeah. you're right. There is a nice thread through it because the story of something like Star Wars is something that I'm uh, intimately familiar with the last two years from uh, the world of podcasting and blogging. So that's where I I am personally connected with a lot of the stories he tells about Albin Johnson and his daughter and the fundraising for her and R2KT or the advent yeah. of the 501st and these different fan community events or the Where Star Wars, Share Star Wars Day that started and all these really cool aspects of fandom. But he threads it all together so nicely in a way that... Um, as someone who's uh, neck deep in fandom, you can't see the forest for the tree sometimes. And it's nice to get that sort yeah. of large picture of the cultural phenomenon that I really, it's really good. Well, and, and really you, you look at, I mean, to me, this was the, the, the clearest picture of the narrative when the force awakens is good and everybody loves star Wars without reservation again. And we no longer, the, 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 the civil war is officially behind us. And, 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 no matter whether or not we liked or didn't like the prequels, uh, we can all agree that The Force Awakens was super fun and we can talk about and geek out about that. We will begin to see the narrative in, in the redemption of George Lucas. And we will, in, in the minds of people who I think unfairly have kind of pinned upon him a ruined childhood, uh, what that story will, the seeds of that, the roadmap of that, I believe, is found in this book, which is that George Lucas wanted to distance himself from Star Wars for years. Some might say uh, a decade uh, or, you know, uh, close to two decades. Yeah. But the machinery he had built with Lucasfilm was so important to him that try as he might to start new franchises and keep it a new work and ILM becoming something, uh, something gigantic – he was never able to do it and always had to come back to Star Wars because if, if he wanted Lucasfilm to thrive and the people there to thrive, he had to continue producing Star Wars. Yeah. And that's where we get the disconnect in, in the prequels and him maybe making it 
too much of a movie for everyone and, and therefore having it kind of become movies for no one. Uh, you know, and, and, and in that you can see a hero, you can see a hero who wanted to be there for the people that, that were there for him and moved up to Northern California as far away from California, from LA as possible to Mm -hmm. believe in his vision of this co-op movie making community, which is very deeply personal to him. Uh, and now we've hopefully seen the final, he, he released this big, beautiful bird into the sky, and we all get to bask in its glory a week from now. I feel like, though, he did kind of step up onto the ledge for a second there in the last few weeks, and then just uh, Kathleen Kennedy and the Disney PR people just took his hand, and he stepped back off, because there was a, it was a little bit sketchy there where he was being pretty raw in some interviews about uh, his lack of involvement. Um, but if you read the... And, and people are taking it totally out of context, but if you read the Vanity Fair piece and or watch video of it, and he talks about uh, the it being you get, there's the big quote, the divorce, and that's in all the headlines. But in context, if you listen to what he says, he's basically saying that it's time, it is time for me to move on. And I, I think, Justin, that's the kind of George Lucas everyone will get behind, whether it's his diehard supporters, in spite of all the flaws, like myself, uh, down to his greatest critics. Uh, they can all respect what? his decision, I think, at this point. Uh, and, and I think you get a lot better idea of why that would be the case, I think, with a book like this. Well, I think, you know, it, it's he will always have, hopefully, two greatest legacies. Number one, the creation of Star Wars. And number two, the his ability to do something that, to be honest, many soul creators can't do, which is let their greatest creation grow beyond them and and that's huge that that's something that how many franchises Mm -hmm. have languished under the onus of their original creators even as fans beg and plead and hope that maybe it could be something more you know uh and that's down from iconic showrunners to people who own the rights to things this is kind of the, a, a general song that is sung many times in the genre uh, fantasy, sci-fi, horror communities. And, and George Lucas had the he, – he, he said, no, you want to know what? It can be bigger. You know, it, it can be – you know, Lucasfilm can thrive as just a Star Wars mechanism, which is something that it's kind of always wanted to be. Uh, and, and, and it can do great and wonderful things. Absolutely, absolutely. I, and then the other thing about this that I wanted to touch on uh, before we move on is a quote that I actually pulled that really stuck with me um, and that I think I've come to appreciate because someone who I'm, I've become intimately familiar with just because he is such an ambassador to the fan community is the showrunner for The Clone Wars and now Star Wars Rebels, Dave Filoni, uh, who's probably, yes. in terms of people who are in the trenches now, the greatest disciple of Lucas. Um, and you'll, in fact, like in my opinion, if you watch Rebels, especially if you watch Clone Wars when Lucas was still a producer on it, um, you'll see some of the same weaknesses carried through. It's very Lucasian uh, in in, yeah. in a lot of the flaws. But Star Wars Rebels, I feel like, also has a a lot of uh, freedom to uh, grow beyond some of those limitations as well. And and Dave Filoni embraces this quote, and th- and that is attributed anonymously and probably rightfully so. To, uh, from some in- Lucasfilm insiders, to make Star Wars, you have to hate Star Wars, and and I thought it was interesting because in context, it sounds out of context, it sounds kind of harsh, but really, when it comes to reverence for something that is literally just uh, 
you know, what started as he calls Flash Gordon fan fiction that just transcended it and became its own mythology. But where it's be, it's very humble beginnings, and you have to kind of understand that I think to understand why it has a sort of pop appeal. And if you lose that, it kind of starts taking itself too seriously. And that was my problem with a lot of the expanded universe is this sort of overly reverential. Uh, you know, take on Star Wars. And that's, I think, one thing I've seen that I'm very happy with in the Star Wars marketing is it doesn't seem too reverent. Like, there's a TV spot. Well, we didn't play it at the beginning. I mean, but my, my, my biggest problem with a lot of the expanded universe is that it's hot poop. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's not good. They're not good stories. That's a, you know, and I think Star Wars tonight at gmail.com. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying all of the expanded universe. I'm just saying your favorite books. Listen, so <laughs> please write Riley. Um, no, no. I, uh, listen, I mean, it, I don't think that that's controversial to say that there were bad expanded universe books, right? Like, like that, no, who is out there saying yes? All of them are golden. I'm pulling it up right now. Facebook groups. Nobody. Uh, stop it. Hashtag. Stop it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. Here is. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, like, like what, what what else do we want to talk about? I, I'm I'm so nervous. What what are we going to do here? <laughs> no, 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 man. I I think that I like that, and I think that we're going to see that level of humor, that level of. Uh, there's a line in one of the um, TV spots that came out a couple days ago where it's just like uh, Han Solo looks over to Ray and he hands her his blaster and he's like, "You're going to need this," and she's like, "I can take care of myself," and he says. That's why I'm giving it to you. And, you know, there's a kind of, like, fun back and forth. There's a, you know, Chewie, we're home. It's, it's not too overtly. The first time, it's the first time I heard that, and I'm very, very happy that that's the first time I heard that line was you doing the impression. <laughs> that's great. You're welcome here. I'll be here all night. Um, and uh, I, I want to touch on one other thing before we bolt, and that is an Entertainment oh. Weekly article here, actually, uh, Justin. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, so there was this press junket last night. And yes. uh, a lot of friends there. I was not. I'm not bitter about it at all. This is my face. This is me. My face not being bitter. Okay, not all being right, bitter. Now, sure. There we go. Uh, but uh, three things that we're not going to see in the Force Awakens confirmed from Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams. Number one, uh, Ewoks ain't going to show up in the Force well, Awakens. Well, caveat, right? <laughs> what is? What the did caveat? J.J. say? At least alive. <laughs> living. Living Ewoks. No living Ewoks. Because last time we saw, where was that melted-ass helmet? Yeah, that's true. Th- that's true. Well, and that goes back to some early rumors as well, which I'm afraid to touch on in case they're true. Um, but, <laughs> but yes. No living Ewoks. No living Ewoks. No Jar Jar Binks. Uh, yes. Uh, to cheers in the crowd. Uh, actually, and finally, probably I mean, they would have really had to work hard to force him in. Well, what is what is the average lifespan right, of a gun? Let me tell you girl? this, Justin. You're gonna you're gonna hate me for it, but uh, yeah. But at the same time, I want you to also forward what I'm saying right now to Andrew Maine because yeah, if you watch Return of the Jedi, the 2004 DVD edition, friend of the okay. show, sound designer extraordinaire Matthew Wood did work on those post-celebration shots that you see in the celebration uh, once the Emperor yeah. dies. Yeah. On the shot at Naboo, right at the mm-hmm. very end, you're going to see, standing awkwardly on top of one of the domed architectural uh, uh, sites there, uh, and you're going to hear in the distance, We suffer free! I kid you not. 
If you if you pull up your, I don't, I don't. Yeah, no, wait. Yeah, you don't need to explain that to me. Like, no. uh, you know, I, I wrote my angry message board post about those changes. <laughs> I know them. What's I'm funny well is aware. that actually got a lot less play than the Darth Vader no, which I think is hilarious. But point being is that Jar Jar Binks not is definitely not going to be in uh, the Force Awakens. Big well, surprise. According to, to uh, according to Star Wars Wikia, uh, Wikipedia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the lifespan of a Gungan is 65 standard galactic years. So even if this takes place 30 years after, you know, that would be, he would, he would be ancient Jar Jar, right? Cause how old was he supposed to be in, in, in It'd Phantom like, Menace? So free. <laughs> yeah. So he was very, I guess apparently he was spry for a, it for was, a, it a, was a 45 year old gun game. Exactly. Yeah, no, uh, no, I, it, it cracks me up to this day whenever I tell people that, uh, and then they look at me wide-eyed and tell me I'm lying, and then we pull it up. Uh, it's a fun little experiment you can do uh, with your friends. Uh, also, lastly, the last thing that's probably actually germane to, to serious conversation is, is no Easter egg, no stinger at the end. JJ confirmed. Um, no Easter egg. With a little bit of snark. You, you get the sense that if you probably cornered J.J. Abrams at a party and asked him uh, mm-hmm. what he thought of Marvel's Easter eggs after the films, he probably had a few choice words because he, he, he dismissed it with a very curt, uh, no, all of our scenes are actually in the movie. <laughs> that is true. It does kind of read that way. I didn't hear the audio, but now that you say that, it does kind of come yeah. off a little bit. I mean, J.J. Abrams seems like, I mean, again, if you create blockbuster filmmaking you probably have a lot of thoughts about blockbuster filmmaking and also you know it it seems like those scenes are usually there more at the studio's behest than necessarily that particular director's behest that that, that it is there as connective tissue that they are just kind of told to shot that they're told to shoot that Mm -hmm. you know ties into other stuff so I, I could see somebody like J.J. Abrams maybe not particularly uh, cottoning to after-credit button scenes like uh, like we in the, in the fan community. Especially do. because he does come so heavily from the school of Spielberg and uh, the school of Lucas uh, style of filmmaking. I could definitely see that being the case. So I'm, I'm personally, yes. personally, I was kind of hoping we will. And maybe that is something we'll see for maybe the spinoff films. But uh, for the theatrical uh, Star Wars continuing saga, it does not look like something that will Well, happen. I mean, the thing is, I, I kind of doubt it because Marvel started doing it at a point where we didn't quite know whether or Marvel didn't quite know whether or not people still wanted to go see Marvel movies or if they just wanted to go see Iron Man. Yeah. You know, so it's like the fact that you could tie it into something else and kind of advance the story or give it a hint going forward is, uh, you know, is, is, is certainly part of it. Uh, I don't think Star Wars is going to have a problem with people wanting to see more Star Wars movies. As long as they're this good. This is true. This is true. This is true. And that again, again, as we keep coming back to, that is the ultimate question. As a side note, our good friends at the Alamo Draft House, I'm going to read you this sentence, Justin. Okay. And uh, <laughs> <clears throat> a theater chain is determined to find the country's biggest fan of the iconic sci-fi franchise, Star Wars. Hmm, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Quote, at the Alamo Draft House, we're big fans of Star Wars and testing the boundaries of human endurance. That is an actual quote, quote from Alamo CEO and founder Tim Leake. Um, you want to guess what they're doing, Justin? Because you're you're seeing a, you're seeing the film at the new Draft House, right? 
I, as, is what I I've heard. I will see it on Saturday mm-hmm. at the uh, the brand spanking new Mission Alamo Draft House in San Francisco. Um, so this is again the same Alamo Draft House that hosts uh, Harry Knowles Button Amathon, uh, which is a, a solid twenty four hours of movies. Wow. So this is the same draft house that that does I mean like this isn't even controversial anymore that most movies most major blockbusters that have a bunch of uh, uh prequels or movies that came before it uh do big 9 hour long uh uh movie marathons that happens all the time now uh I would guess if Alamo wanted to go above and beyond they would probably do something like a 48-hour, 72-hour kind of movie marathon. Oh, Justin. That's so adorable. That's, I really? Mean, that's, I think that's it. I mean, let's, let's be honest. We're doing all the 12 to 14-hour marathons of the six films. Every, I know a bunch of my friends are doing it. And then if you wanted to be super hardcore, you could do a day or two. But, yeah. but I think we're, that's the starting point. That's first base. When it comes to Star yeah. Wars fandom, because what they're offering seven select fans at the uh, Austin location, which is pretty interesting, um, is whoever can sit their butt in the theater and watch all seven Star Wars films on a loop, the longest, last man standing, gets seven years free access to the Alamo Draft House. Somebody call Brian Brushwood. No, I'm kidding. I don't think. Wait a minute. Oh, man, that seems illegal. I like, know. That just seems like I that that's like. Listen, man, go ahead and Google that. Uh, Google that. Uh, that 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 uh, that that radio station in Seattle that uh, killed the lady for doing the water drinking competition. Oh yeah, that's that's so true. <laughs> Quote: yeah. Alamo's it, famous draft house will st- will enforce their no talking and texting policy <laughs> during this, <laughs> and they yeah. allow a short break between films. Wait, can the only thing you eat be, like, popcorn? Like, this thing's going to last for days. And the fact you know this is going to be hardcore is that they've already pre-screened and selected the seven fans. Now you know it's serious business. <clears throat> oh, my God. So, wait, are they going to start doing it now? They start uh, leading into The Force Awakens. Uh, and then, what, then they just keep going after December 18th. They just keep on going. Which So they, all right, so so it'll be like the six movies, The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and then... And then keep episode. rolling, Joe. Just keep going. In the, oh, in the words oh, of... Oh, my God. What a, what a, what a crash down to earth if, if Force Awakens is good, and then you just got to cue right up Phantom Menace, and it's just right <laughs> to, ah, Abarkad is perfectly regal. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. This episode of Star Wars Tonight has been brought to you by... Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. Oh, God. Hold on, I got an announcement. Oh. Where are you seeing? The, where are you seeing uh, the 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 movie? I am. Well, it's interesting. You should ask, Justin. Um, me and my good buddy, uh, South Georgia youth pastor and podcast personality uh, Steve mm-hmm. Glosson, we're all piling in the car and doing a fanboy style road trip across the country to Austin, Texas, where I will sit my butt down in an Alamo Draft House theater for the first time on opening night. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed, sir. Because I just got word that my plans to go to Los Angeles have been scuttled. I was going to go with, with your friend and mine, Andrew Maine, uh, in, in Los Angeles opening night. 
And it's because I have business in Austin, Texas on Thursday, the night of The Force Awakens. So I believe I will be in that same theater with you on that evening. Holy Captain Tarpoles on a a gun dark. (laughs) Look at that. Getting in the, that's amazing, man. That's incredible. Yeah. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm, you did Get it again, that. Justin. Stop it. Now you're making me more excited about seeing this movie. That's this is- how you end a podcast, Junior. <sighs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Star Wars Tonight. This episode has been brought to you by our patron supporters. Supporting us at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. We really do appreciate uh, your guys' ongoing support. And we've had a ton of folks joining us in this last month. So thank you so much for uh, jumping on board. I'd like to th- shout a, uh, give out a personal shout-out to Kay, to Mario, to Matt, Devon, and Daniel. All this week, brand new patrons. And we thank you for supporting us here at Star Wars Tonight. Folks, you can email the show at StarWarsTonight at gmail.com. Remember that contest giveaway. If you're still listening live, shoot emails in, and I've got special prizes for you. The grand prize being that gift card from Fandango. $30 to take you and your friends to see The Force Awakens. Justin Robert Young can be found on the Night Attack podcast and the Weird Things podcast and uh, the Daily Tech News show, as well as uh, writing books, as well as... It's almost like he does this full-time, but most importantly... Remember, look at your screen now. Thecontender.us. Uh, order it. If you like politics, then uh, Or like don't. Me. If you hate politics and you want to play a fun game that makes fun of it, this is the way to do And decks are in stock. They're in stock. They're in stock. You can touch them and feel them and taste them. Get them in your life. <laughs> Get it in your life yesterday. Folks, I can be found on Twitter. I'm at the Riley Guy. Justin is at Justin R. Young. Uh, make sure that you're tuned in to StarWarsReport.com. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on, uh, including giveaways, including blog posts and reviews and podcast networks and all kinds of creative stuff. So it's, uh, it's never a better time to be a Star Wars fan. So we appreciate you joining us in this countdown to The Force Awakens, premiering next week. May the Force be with you. That's all, folks. Woo! Woo! Uh, I'm going to stop the stream. Thanks to everybody who watched uh, live, as always. It's about it's an absolute blast. Appreciate you. Uh...